What is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. Training camp is a week in for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Actual football games, the preseason starting, and there is a ton to get into. I am the Downey half of this dynamic duo. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. You can follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. As I always say, check out BucksNation.com. There's a ton of stuff up there every single day about all of the going-ons in Buccaneers training camp. And with me every single week, you can follow him on Twitter at Elmar810. He is the one, the only, Lynn Martez. Lynn, what's up, man? Man, I might have to um, ask for a mulligan, but I'll explain later. Got to stay tuned hmm. to the podcast. <laughs> I don't even know what Lynn is referring to. I'm telling uh, you, man, any fast I'm telling the audience, Bucks Nation. As a matter of fact, I'm I'm telling Bucks Nation. I'm not even telling you. I could care less what you what you know, what you don't know. It's about me and the nation. We are the nation, a domination. Do do do. Uh, are you D'Lo? Are you the world's strongest man? Oh. Dwayne? You're muted, so Bucks Nation couldn't, your nation I couldn't hear Do we? I'm not D'Lo. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> Farouk. I, I am the one and only, the one and only smell. All right, well, we are a week in to training camp, and there is something, there's a difference between the two of us, actually a lot of differences, but one of the biggest differences is this past weekend, I was in Nashville, you were at Tampa Bay Buccaneers training camp, Lynn Martez, and... You, you got a little bit of hair, I'm bald. I mean, I, yeah. got, a pretty, I got a pretty beard. You you got that little scruff on your face yeah. for, for the last 10 years <laughs> that I've known you trying to grow a beard. There's our differences. Sometimes, I, sometimes I can get the little chin goatee going. Pow, pow, you got a kid. I don't have any kids. Yeah. None of them chasing me down yet. Wait till that scratch-off comes <laughs> I was going to say that you know of. <laughs> Wait till that scratch-off comes in and all, all little Montez is going to start banging on the door. But... Uh, you were at Buccaneers training camp this past weekend, and other than it being hot, one of the topics that we spent an entire episode this offseason on was how might this team feel differently under Todd Bowles versus how it felt under Bruce Arians. And I want to pose that question to you from being at camp. At camp, were there any you know noticeable differences in feel from the Bruce regime to what it is now with Todd I will say, and you know, it's from being around Bruce when you were here in this great city of Tampa, Hillsborough County, Pinellas, pow, pow. You understand the fact that Bruce ran his practices to fields, gather everybody reps as much as possible, which if you're a player, you love. You know, you don't want to be standing around. Who wants to be standing around in the heat? Time drags. That's that's I mean that's how it is. That you, I'll take you back to two days back in the day when this old dude <laughs> was playing football. I had to go through two days, and the, the days were longer when you had to just stand around. So, back to the differences. Bruce ran two fields, two different practices. 
as much as possible. Now, obviously, you got CBA rules and all those things. So, you know, that kind of puts the hamper on things. But that was the biggest thing in regards to, you know, what stuck, stuck out to me. Bruce was there. You know, when, when, when people, Oh, wow. Oh, no. Bruce has been there. Interesting. Golf, golf cart and all. He's been there. He's been, it was weird for me being out there first time on Saturday looking and seeing the guy that looks like Bruce standing behind the offense when the offense is running, you know, the, the drills. I'm standing there. I'm looking. I'm like, that's Bruce. So, He's been active. I, I, I talked to Mr. Mount Westmore himself, Rick Stroud, and I talked to Greg Allman of The Athletic. Today, you know, being that I was only out there for Saturday, I said, has Bruce been at the other three practices? Like, yeah, been there, just like just like he always is. And I was like, okay, cool. So, so that advisor title isn't just isn't just a title. He's well, here's still part of something. Yeah, but here's the thing. And, and this is my this is my you know assumption. It's an educated guess, slightly educated. BA degree from Towson. Shout out Towson Tigers. Um, that is the fact that he's going to watch the transition through training camp. As the season progresses, you'll see less of him. Hmm. Now, here's the thing: no matter Bruce being around or not, the offense is in the hands of. Byron Leftwich and, and Tom Brady. That's the bottom line. And we spoke about it earlier, you know, previous podcasts in regards to the offense moving forward from, from Bruce leaving and Todd's, Todd Bowles now being the head coach. Todd Bowles a flat out, I'll tell you. His focus, defense. The offense is in Byron's hands. That's, I mean, that's, that's how it is. Now, obviously, things were different in 2019 uh, and 2020 and 21 when Bruce was here. But it's not like that anymore. It's in Byron Leftwich's hands. And, you know, you're a guy that's actually pushed for Leftwich to get a head coaching job. Well, guess what? Here it is in regards to having the opportunity to show the league this is what you're about. Not to say that he has to, but he adds to, quote, unquote, his coaching resume and, you know, his, his portfolio, so to speak, when it comes to running this offense as opposed to, you know how it is where, you know, you have people that will dissect, well, you know what? I mean, yeah, Eric Bieniemy is the offensive coordinator, but Andy Reid is still one in that offense. Or, 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 you know, yeah, sure, it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it was Carmichael calling the plays in, in New Orleans, but, but Sean Payton still, still one in that offense. That's not the case here. The head coach is not running the offense. And because of that, it's solely on Byron Leftwich. So I want to get into the offense. Tom Brady, he is officially 45 years old. And Elmar810 on Twitter, you had some uh, good footage, good photos out there of Tom Brady this past weekend. How uh, young and spry does uh, does Mr. Brady look? Can't you know what? From what I've seen, I can't tell a difference. No, no, you can't, dude. And here's the thing. I'm done calling him Tom Brady. And this is not a, this is, this is not, no, this is not disrespect. This is flat out like hashtag that dude. Okay. You have a very famous talking head who refers to Aaron, Aaron Rodgers as that bad man. 
Well, guess what? That bad man has one Super Bowl. One. And you know what? Over a decade ago. And that dude has played in Super Bowls half of his career. So from now on, he's just that dude. Like when they talk about the GOAT, I'm just going to say, uh, like, I'm going to I'm gonna make it the, the, the hashtag. That dude. Because that dude is a beast, man. You think about what he's able to, to accomplish prior to coming to Tampa Bay. People don't, oh, he fell off a cliff. Don't, let, don't get me started on the other talking heads that, that said three years ago, four years ago, before he got to Tampa Bay, how he was done, how he was, tr- they used the words trash. Someone described him on the four-letter network as trash. Uh, I better never see that man again, ever again. He was down here for the, for the college football playoff back in 2016 or 2017 when uh, Clemson played Alabama at Ray J. If I see that man again, I will slap him across the face just for that dude. But mind you, he was described as trash back in 2018. He's falling off a cliff. (sighs) All the things he did in New England was enough. Then he comes here and does what he does here, and he's putting in better numbers than he put up in New England at 45. All right, granted, father time, undefeated, I get it. Sounds like a cliche, but it's true. It hits everyone. I mean, it's hit the greatest, the greatest people that I've seen play sports. Gretzky, Jordan, LT, Lawrence Taylor, not Tomlinson, who, by the way, made a crazy statement the other day in regards to, don't be surprised if the Bucs don't make the playoffs. There's another guy that I will, yeah, yeah. But I digress. All those guys I mentioned, Lawrence Taylor, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, they all hit a wall for all the time. And Tom, maybe he gets out before that happens to him. But the bottom line is, at this point, that dude is still slinging it, man. And it was no different than watching him in practice on Saturday. And I'll be there on Saturday and Sunday this week watching him do it again. That dude is that dude. And again, I'll say it again. That dude has finished his season in the NFL half the time in the Super Bowl. Don't give me that New England stuff. Don't do it. I understand it was, it was, you know, it's a conglomeration with him and Bill, but he's left there and he's brought a Super Bowl to another team while that man or whatever they call that other guy in Green Bay, he's got one title. And I'm an Aaron Rodgers guy and he's got one Super Bowl. So in terms of the rest of the- Bad man. Yeah, bad man, please. (laughs) Uh, in terms of the rest of the offense, we've had some questions. It's been a big talking point, especially on our training camp preview in terms of position battles, possibly on the offensive line, and then at the wide receiver position. The offensive line, obviously, the whole dynamic of that tra- changed dramatically with the Ryan Jensen injury, which we got into last week and where we think that the Bucks were going to go with that. Right now, it looks like Robert Hainsey is going to be pushed into action. You still see... A lot on social media, fans uh, and media personalities alike in terms of veteran centers. I said last week on the show that I hadn't done a lot of research in terms of what centers are out there. J.C. Treader is the one that a lot of people have, have circled as a possible target for the Bucks should they decide to go that route instead of Robert Hainsey. So I'm going to pose it to you. How 
How does the offensive line look right now? I know it was pretty fresh when you were out there off of the Jensen injury. And then we've talked about huge battles in terms of wide receiver. Did anyone, you know, stick out to you as far as, you know, the guys that might be battling to make this football team? Well, the conversation is, in regards to Hainsey, is that, you know, if we had, even if Tom spoke to the media yesterday and he spoke glowingly about, about Hainsey. I know here's the thing. It's not like anyone's going to come out and say, man, we're in trouble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, let's be honest. No one's going to say we're in trouble. You know what? You know what tells you they're in trouble? When they start bringing people in, yep. <laughs> that tells you, oh, we got a problem here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Houston, we got a problem. And I don't mean the problem that the Texans have had the last two years either. <laughs> I'm talking about Houston as in NASA. But another thing is the fact that when it comes to bringing someone in, I said it last week and I'll say it again. Inside your own building is your Best, best replacement for arguably the the best center in the league. And, and that and that's Robert Hainsey. And granted, you may have a guy like JC Tread on, on, on the open market. But Hainsey is a guy who's in your building, you know what he gives you, and he fits your scheme. You're gonna run out and sign people that don't fit your scheme, bro. I mean, it, it, it's August. And I know we still got training camp to go to go through. But I'll, t- I'll say it again. Notice this is not a repeat of the podcast. This is me saying it again on a different podcast. You know who, you know who has to sign off? That dude has to sign off, okay? 12. That dude has to sign off. I'm going to make it a hashtag. It's going to stick, stick to Bucks Nation. We are the nation of domination. And hopefully the Bucks nation is literally a, a nation of domination this season. But uh, to my other question and talking about, talking about receiver, we've talked a ton about, you know, the guys t- towards the, towards the bottom of the depth chart. I myself spoke worrisome about Tyler Johnson and his case for making this football team in terms of the wide receivers, where they slot in. You mentioned Brashad Perriman last week as a guy you thought might be a odd guy out. What is the wide receiver position looking like to you uh, and what you've seen out there at camp? Well, here's the thing, too, is, and, and Tyler Johnson spoke about it this week, too, in regards to special teams. They want me on them? I'll do whatever it takes to make the team. I mean, quote, unquote, paraphrasing, but he said, I'll do whatever it takes. And unfortunately, that's a leg up that Jalen Darden has. That's a leg up that Scotty Miller has, who has looked impressive, by the way. Scotty Miller he's almost like he's a crowd favorite dude he's the g-man choy of uh of, yeah. of the Tampa bay buccaneers he he's a crowd favorite dude he, i saw that some from from my time in, in Tampa he, bay as you well. know yeah. he, he gets loose man and he gets behind defenders and and that dude hits him on, on passes and it looks like green bay all over again halftime and he gets the crowd going man the crowd loves the crowd loves himself some scotty miller but if he's making plays, great. If he's not, then you know it doesn't matter how much they love him. But he's making plays and he's getting open. He's and I remember something that Bruce Arians said last year in regards to when people asked about Scotty Miller, and his his words were, "He's got to make more grimy plays," and that's that's what these receivers have to do. Tyler Johnson's more of that guy, 
And when you say, what does grimy plays mean? It means that you can't just line up and expect you're going to run past people. It's not going to work. Grimy plays means you turn, you look, flank a screen, or whatever it is, you're going to the middle of the field and making plays in traffic. Tyler Johnson has done that. We watched him, Trey. We watched him do that in a playoff game against the Washington football team, making plays, right? Scotty Miller, for the most part, has not made those grimy-type plays that a receiver has to do to separate himself from a pack that is 9, 10, 11 deep. He's just been primarily a deep threat. And I'll get back to Perman, and I'll say it again. Tyler Johnson's clearly said, whatever they want me to do. I'll play special teams. The other two guys already do. Miller, Darden, Johnson's played a little little bit of it last year. That's the reason why I say Bashar Perman is the odd man out, even with the success he's had in the league so far. And some people might say, oh, you know, success. He's a first-round pick. He's a guy that you know what you're going to get with him. That's the reason why I say the success he's had in the league. But the issue is, is he's going to play the first three downs. He may not even play the first three downs. He might play third down and then one. And you can't have, you can't clutter up a roster with as deep as the wide receivers are with a guy like that when you're trying to find time for Godwin, if he comes back healthy, then Gage, then Julio Jones, and then the other guys, Darden, Miller, Johnson, yeah, it's definitely going to Grayson, be a uh, Grayson, Grayson, who is another, who is another guy that will special play teamer. special teams. Yeah, for sure. That's why I said, you know, I said it last week. And I know, it's not a repeat. Podcast is, is fresh. Grayson, Darden, Miller, and Johnson all play special teams. While Perryman is the odd man out. Comes to that. So now let another storyline that's always kind of on the forefront, especially in the early days of training camp, is how the rookie class is is looking. And this week we've had some, you know, comments of praise. Uh, yesterday, Todd Bowles spoke very, very highly of uh, rookie tight end Kate Otten. Uh, Akeem Hicks spoke very highly of the Bucks' top pick in this year's draft, Logan Hall, and that's a guy who's going to push him for, for playing time. I want to ask you what you've seen out of those guys, and I want to ask you about Another guy in Rashad White as well, who uh, I'm interested to see how he plays out in terms of the running back depth chart, because you said you think he can be a factor as a pass catcher, but you think Keyshawn Vaughn would have the edge in terms of the number two running back on this team. I want to ask if you have any uh, early impressions on White and then those other two rookies that I mentioned. Yeah, here's my mulligan. The mulligan is Rashad White, because I watched him. And I've, and I've, you know, watched as much as we could in regards to, you know, stuff online and the conversations that they've had in regards to him and the interviews and stuff like that. And, and again, watched him at practice, zeroed in on him <laughs> because I wanted, I wanted to get a taste of the guy. And I said, dude, if you can't run up the middle, the NFL's a running back, you ain't going to be very long. Because I said that, I said, let me see what he can bring. Let me see what his skill set is. And his skill set is this. When it comes to pass catching, he's probably the best one I've seen since I've been here out of the backfield. Yeah. He, 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 is, he is 
wide receiver like when it comes to catching wow. the football. Yeah. And see, here's the thing. And not only that, when you think of a running back in regards to who he's going to be matched up against, most of the time, depending on down and distance, he could end up on a linebacker. Now, it all depends on, obviously, whether he pushes Gio Bernard for playing time and actually pushes Gio Bernard out and takes the third down back in, back roll, or whether or not Keyshawn Vaughn can be that third down back. Because I'll say something about Keyshawn Vaughn, and that's this. When you look at running the ball and catching a football, He's got a more complete package than the other two guys, White and Bernard. I'm, I'll go on record when it comes to that. To me, he's proven that already, even last year and moving forward this year. He knows what he has to do. That's so huge, dude. You, you come in knowing what you have to do. Last year, he got, a little, he got a little beef from Bruce because he wasn't at OTAs. And Bruce was like, you need to be here. Like, you, you, ain't, you haven't made anything. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but that's, that was the attitude. Now he, he gets it. And because of that, when it comes to his skill set, he's more complete than White and Bernard. Bernard's not a, in the, Gio Bernard, third down back, old guy, knows what he needs to do. He's going to do the blitz pickup. That's another thing that you have to watch when it comes to White's concern, when it comes to making that transition from college into the NFL. Because the bottom line is it. College football, when it comes to a running back, you ain't blocking anybody, dude. They ain't blitzing and you ain't blocking anybody. Just So you have to make that, you have to <laughs> make that part of education one-on-one. First thing I learned as a running back, when I'm in the NFL, I got to protect that dude on third down. All right? We watched it. We watched previous guys here, number 27, who's now in Kansas City, let alone kicking the football when they throw the ball at the ball, at the dude, just in warm-ups. <laughs> I, can, I can bash him down here. <laughs> talk about, uh, I, I about Ronald Jones, if you don't I know what I'm talking about. I still remember the early days of us watching watching him and his and his first training camp. And from what you're saying, you're not getting the same kind of Ronald Jones, but deer in headlights in his first training camp. From what you're saying, I don't think that you oh, get that Rashad feeling White. at all with Rashad White. Well, Rashad White, like I said, when it comes to catching the football in the backfield, he's the best. He's the best. He's the best guy inside that running back room right now. I'm telling you, he can catch the football, and that's high praise considering what Gio Bernard has done in his career. Yeah, and 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 this is me total 360. That's why I'm asking for the mulligan. Because he looks comfortable in catching a football as opposed to watch the dude <laughs> beat the ball up like he was playing in a replacement for Orlando Jones. <laughs> One of the best movies of all time. Oh, man. Shane Falco for uh, life. Uh, but, but all kidding aside, Rashad White gives you that. And, you know, I've got, I've got off the path a little bit. But when you think about the other two backs, all right, Keyshawn and Gio have the leg up when it comes to knowing the blitz pickup, all right, knowing that. That's what White has to get down because he hasn't done any of that. And before you can tell me, you know what, we're going to let Gio Bernard go because we got a third down, third down back of Rashad White 
and we're gonna play. No, that dude has that that guy has to know to protect that dude. All right. Mind you, we talk about this guy number seven, who is now being referred to as Skinny Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were talking about you when I saw that on social media. Nah, they were talking. They were, they were talking about number seven, who, by the way, <laughs> he he didn't come out with a pool shirt. My man, my man took his shirt off and was signing autographs. He's like, yeah, not verbally, non-verbally telling you, oh, you MFs think I'm out of shape? Okay, I'll show you who's out of shape. I'm taking my shirt off and I'm gonna stand here and take and sign autographs. So you can take all the photos you want of me, videos, and then put it all over social media. I'm in shape, which I knew he was going to be coming through, by the way. That, like I said, this isn't a repeat, this isn't a repeat <laughs> podcast. I don't even want to tell you what I thought about Lenny if he didn't come in the camp in shape and having to do those, having to do the conditioning drill. Dude's coming to camp in shape, man. So I wasn't worried about him coming to shape. But third down may just be Lenny's this, this year. Yeah, because, you know, again, they're expecting him to be the bell cow. And you don't know who that number two guy is just yet. They just started training camp, dude. And and because of that, like I, I personally think the number two guy, if you were to start the season today, is Keyshawn Vaughn. Because he, he gives you, to, in my eyes, more complete package from a skill set. And he knows what he has to do in regards to protecting that dude. Gio might be the odd man out. So uh, now let's talk about Logan Hall, the Bucks' top draft pick. Last year, when you and I were at rookie minicamp and then we were at mandatory minicamp and Joe Tryon Shoyinka uh, was just walking around and we saw him and we're like, wow, that guy's, that guy's an NFL edge rusher. That guy is, is going to be a player in the NFL get that feeling when you look at Hall and how is he looking early in uh early in his first training camp it's kind of tough because you know you got a couple of days of pads and you know because of that it's you got to get line played down man you got to be in pads to get to get line played down let's be honest so it's kind of tough with that aspect but when it comes to whether it be Inside or outside, the line play is concerned, defensive line play is concerned. You're looking for the get off. You're looking for that first move. You're looking for, uh, can this guy beat his guy? That's yep. the thing. Like, that's the, most, that's the most important thing. And you can get that. You can get that from just being in shorts and t shirt. It's a little bit easier to do it because you're in shorts and t shirt. And because the guy on the other side may not come at you the same way, but when you start getting with the pads and you start, you start lining guys up and you start, and you start going regular and you, regularly and you start, you know, you, you get a little intensity involved when, it, when you got the O line versus D line, then you're really going to find out. And here's the thing about the D line is concerned when it comes to the bucks, they're going to, they're going to be going up against guys that are competing for jobs that's huge, dude. That yeah. is huge because the guys that are competing for jobs, you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to impress and they're trying to make sure that they're the guy that stands out. 
So if you're stinning, you want to stand out. If you're levered, you want to stand out. All those guys want to stand out when it comes to playing guard play. All right? You might say to yourself, uh, you know, Worfs, Donovan Smith, lockdown, number one on the depth chart, ain't going anywhere. They're still going to have their moments too, obviously, in camp because, they, I mean, they don't want the wrath of, of any, you know, whether it be Leftwich or the offensive line coach coming at them in regards to, what's up with you? There ain't no day off out here. Let's go. Besides that, that dude will get on them too about not showing up for their camp. But I bring up the fact that those guys in the interior, including Hainsey, are competing to have the number one job. Mason, number one, they want to be the number one guards on this football team. And if, they, and if they're not number one now, they want to stay near the top because, you know, knock wood, you don't want an injury. But if you get one, you want to be Aaron Stinney. You want to get, be plugged in like he was during the Super Bowl one and going out there and being ready. So that defensive line is going up against an offensive line, at least the interior, that has to figure out who the starters are going to be. And those dudes that are in the middle of that offensive line are going to be playing hard during camp. Before I move on to some of the other storylines around the league so far in the first week of training camps, is there anything anything else from camp, any players in a positive or negative way that kind of stuck out to you? I gave you the, the mulligan already, man. I yeah. gave you Rashad White, man. Don't be digging, man. I mean, come I'm on. Just asking. Just on. asking. Well, you know my man, you know my man Zion McCullough. Not to be <laughs> confused with CJ McCullough, who also who also came from a small school and balled out in a pro sport. But no, the, uh, here's the here's the thing that sticks out to me. And Carlton Davis talked about it this week when he spoke to the media. He spoke about wanting to be like a guy that when people say his name, like they said, best dude in the best dude in the league, best corner in the league. And I get that. You, you, you want to be that guy. He also made a statement in regards to the secondary. He wants to get 30 INTs. Ooh. Yeah. That's a lot. It's a lot. You know what? And it's a lot that no one has gotten in a long time. Last year, the the most by secondary was 26. Well, by a team was 26, yeah. and that was Dallas. And they, you know, Diggs had a hand in that with the amount of exceptions that he had. So he's talking about being like he used the word offensive on the defensive side for going after the football. And I get it, and I understand that. <laughs> but here's the thing, though, too. <laughs> Some of those dudes, <laughs> like show them every bunting. Attacks the football like he's the receiver. I mean, we can talk about, we can go back. I mean, I, we, he went to the regular season, didn't get interception. And then all of a sudden he gets three in the playoffs, gets one each game. So he was attacking the football like a wide receiver. And yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. Unfortunately, <laughs> he's probably the guy who has the best hands in that secondary with the exception of my man's eye on McCullough. But I digress because Carlton Davis is talking about getting 30 for, for, you know, for the team, for the secondary. Jamel, Hands suspect, Carlton's hands are suspect. Yeah, so I mean, uh, we watched, we watched it. I mean, I, I, I envision, I envision Jamel Dean dropping an interception and, and him coming off the, you know, the sidelines and Bruce grabbing him, and <laughs> placing his hands on his chest, and wiping him down. <laughs> 
and you know Bruce Bruce will talk about it after after the game on practice be like yeah you know we gotta get him something catch, catch them balls catch some interceptions but it's it's a lofty goal it's a lofty goal I will say I will say one thing about uh McCollum and I know I, I praise him a lot but here's the thing that I like a lot about him and that's the fact that he's six two six three dude One's a four you three. Love that size in a corner. Um, and one's a four three. Yeah. Okay. Just like Jamel Dean. Jamel Dean, same thing. You know, big corner, fast. But he McCullum's he's the real deal. I'm surprised he, he dropped as, as much as he did fifth round. But Sam Houston. But we'll see, man. We'll we shall see. So next week the Bucks will start their preseason slate against the Miami Dolphins. We'll uh we'll for sure talk about that next week. But before we get out of here, we have to talk about some of the other storylines in the league. One of the bigger injuries that we've seen so far, Tim Patrick, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, one of Russell Wilson's uh, best targets out there in uh, Denver, goes down with an injury. He looks like he's going to miss the entire season. But when we have to talk about the Deshaun Watson situation, uh, the NFL's independent judge came down with a ruling that he should be suspended for six games. The NFL has officially appealed this, and they are looking for, according to reports, an indefinite suspension of at least a full season and a heavy monetary fine. The NFL's uh, designee, Roger Goodell's designee, has been named. So that situation will have some clearance, uh, hopefully in the near future. But I'll say this. If for some reason we go into this NFL season and Deshaun Watson is playing in week seven, with all of the allegations and the lawsuits and everything that has gone his way, and Calvin Ridley isn't playing till 2023, the NFL should view that as an absolute embarrassment. That's fine. And, but see, here's the thing. and you, uh, You're making a mistake, man. And a lot of folks are making that same mistake. That six-game suspension, that's not good doubt. That one-year suspension for Ridley, that's good doubt. If Goodell could... And, and we'll find out further if Watson gets the full year or gets an indefinite suspension that includes 2022. But everyone's making a mistake that's like equaling the suspension of Watson and Ridley. No, because one came down from one person. The other came down from the league. It's not the same thing. I think the league deserves a little bit of a blame for, for just the only five cases that they put forth to – to the judge that's that fine but the you way can't, they handled it that's fine but you can't hold them you can't hold them to the six game suspension because they went through the process that's bargained for through the cba and it's part of the cba and this is what someone else said in regards to deshaun watson that's number one number two is the second thing that's been getting me really little bit perturbed not you just in general People who want to say, well, I mean, you know, if if he was if he was guilty, he 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 would have been he would have been subject to the law, and the grand jury would have indicted him. It's not how it works. I mean, I spent a little bit of time of reading more things than just Street and Smith. All right, I happened to take a couple of law classes because when when you when you're a CEO, you got to go through criminal law classes. Okay, and this is how it works. Just because you're found not guilty doesn't make make you innocent, okay? You're not totally innocent just because, oh, well, he was found not guilty. Eh, 
That's not how it works. Oh well, if 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 uh, if he was really guilty of anything, the district attorney would have would have prosecuted. Eh, that's not how it works. How it works is how much evidence do we have so we can convict him? That's how it works. Okay, just because someone is found not guilty does not mean there is in evidence. It means there isn't enough evidence to get a guilty conviction. That's how it works. Oh no, he was he must have not done anything because he wasn't he wasn't subjected to the law. He, eh, that's not how it works. You have to have a ton of evidence to go through the process to say we're gonna go through the process, we're gonna be clear-cut winners on this. No DA wants to, no one, no one wants to lose a case, especially one of that. Uh, high profile as well that the Whether world would be zeroed in on. Or the fact, or, or if you go back to the tampering with, with Stephen Ross and the Dolphins, okay? Oh, oh well, they, they found out that he wasn't tanking or he didn't offer money to Bar- uh, Brian Flores. And no, they didn't have enough evidence again to push it any further than what they did on him. By the way, he's suspended till October and they have to give up a draft pick this year and another one next year. So obviously where there's smoke, there's fire. People got to understand the difference between not guilty and innocent. Not guilty means the fact that there was enough evidence to convict you. Innocent means (laughs) you ain't do anything. And Deshaun ain't innocent. I don't care what anybody says. He ain't innocent. Next week, as I said, we'll be back to talk the Bucks preseason opener against the Miami Dolphins. Until then, he is Lynn Martez. You can follow him on Twitter at Elmar810. I am Trey Downey. Follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. Follow Bucks Nation at Bucks underscore Nation. And until next week, this has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.